Jackie was a good girl, everybody knows. Paid one hundred dollars for Elvis' new suit of clothes. He was a man that done it wrong. Elvis said, "I'm leaving you. Won't be gone for long. Don't wait up for me. I worry about me when I'm gone." He was a man that done it wrong. Frankie went down to the corner saloon get a bucket of beer. To the bartender, has my loving man been here? He's a man, but he's not wrong. Well, I ain't gonna tell you no story. I ain't gonna tell you no lie. I saw Albert and I go with a girl named Alice Price. He's the man when he done it wrong. Frankie went down to 12th Street, look up through the window high. She saw her Albert there, loving up Alice Price. He was a man when he done it wrong. Pulled out a pistol, pulled out a forty-four. Gun went off a Rudy two two, and Alba fell on the floor. He was a man, but he done it wrong. Frankie got down upon her knees, took her Albert into her lap, started to hug and kiss him, but there was no bringing him back. He was a man, he done it wrong.
Good afternoon. I know I don't sound like our usual radio host, Chris Michael, with the wondrous voice, but this is Rona Roberts. We are here on Hot Water Cornbread, Kentucky Food Radio, live at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, March 29, and we're so happy that you're with us. We have two extraordinary guests today uh, here on Lexington Community Radio, and I will introduce them briefly, and then we're going to do our usual best bites they're going to play, um, and then we'll talk more deeply about their work. So, we're just getting our sounds adjusted. Are we we good? Am I good from here? Great. We have the wonderful help of Alexis Meza here at um, Lexington Community Radio, making sure that we are actually... um, speaking to you and not just playing playing like we're playing radio. <laughs> so Heather Hyden is our guest today. She's a graduate student in the Community and Leadership Development Program at UK. She grew up in Memphis, and that's why we were hearing just a little bit of, of uh, Herbie Mann on Memphis, about Memphis there as we came in. She has deep roots, deep family roots in Northern Alabama, where her Mima still welcomes everyone with a deep skillet of cornbread and pickle squash. She's a community organizer and food policy nerd with a passion for connecting issues of affordable housing, reproductive justice, climate justice, and structural racism to our agri-food system. We're going to be talking about some of those connections a little bit later. Heather's current research looks at how fresh stop markets are creating alternative economies that benefit rural and urban communities. She loves sharing food with neighbors and talking about the amazing women and guys, we have to include guys because of our other guests, (laughs) leading Kentucky's food justice movement. Heather, welcome. So glad you're here. I am so happy to be here, Rona. (laughs) Yes. Heather has been an inspiration and a shining light for me since I first met her. So today we're going to um, talk with each other as if we were having coffee, but we're going to let you listen in. And we're going to include our other wonderful guest, Chewbacca. And I didn't ask you how to pronounce your last name. Would you pronounce it for us? Welcome. (coughs) Uh, Welcome. Thank you for having me. Chewbacca Mutayongwa. How beautiful. And Heather is going to... Uh, tell us a little bit more about Chewbacca and get us oriented before mm-hmm. we do Best Bites. Well, Chewbacca is one of our amazing new Fresh Stop leaders in the uh, Winburn neighborhood. That's one of our uh, new two new Fresh, Stop, Fresh Stops uh, this new 2016 season. And um, he and his family live in the Winburn, have been living in the Winburn neighborhood for about, how long is it now? After Christmas. After Christmas, yeah. And have been organizing some of the other uh, refugee families in the neighborhood uh, so that they can uh, be a part of the Fresh Stop Buying Club to get access to lots of good fresh greens and all that good stuff. But I'll let him talk about, um, you know, who he is. Well, yes, and what made you interested in this? Uh, well, um, I guess I've said my name already. Uh, I love food. and <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't really cook in my family, but my brothers make do a lot of cooking, and we kind of like talk a lot, and they tell me how, like, I, I go where they get their food. and So just interesting to uh, get the fresh products from the food we used to get in our country to the food we now get in Walmart or Kroger. So it's so much different. So the fresh food stop, it's kind of like, 
connecting us to back to the roots of like how market used to work like how we know the food is coming from and who's making mm. it and the community of buying food instead of just walking into a mall or a market and getting something to eat so how did you find out about fresh what's the very first time you heard about fresh tops chewbacca the very first time i've heard about fresh food stop uh it's a uh, jeremy yeah, Jeremy uh, called us and Jeremy Porter. Uh-huh. Yes, Jeremy Porter called us and he told us about fresh food stops and he wanted to have a meeting at our house. So we told him, "Show up, please hear what you have to say." So we were really excited. Ha! Mm-hmm. Perfect. Jeremy Porter is someone that Heather knows well as well. Yeah. What country are you from? Well, I'm from Congo, the Republic Democratic of Congo. And you are now. Uh, fully here, fully engaged, speaking this English language like a boss. So <laughs> I don't know, but uh, like a boss. You've been I'm, here. I'm still learning. So uh, well, we, that's true of all of us. <laughs> um, and you've been here how long? Well, I've been here for four years. Four years. Yes, four years. Yeah, that's magnificent. Yeah. And how old are you, Chewbacca? Well, I'm 18 years old. Um, I'm a senior at Tetsuik High School. Yes. Um. Okay, well, we haven't asked for his ID. That might be true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. But he has, a, he has a big resume behind him of things he's involved in and making happen, ways he is leading and, and changing our community and our world. Um, before we go into much more serious stuff, let's do this Best Bites thing. So every yeah. week... Um, okay. Our hosts, whom we whom we miss today, our co-hosts, chefs Chris and Wita Michael. Who actually, we we congratulate them for being away on spring break with Willa Drew, their eleven-year-old. Um, but we miss them. We usually start out by talking about our best bite or sip of the week, and um, I'll go first because that mm-hmm. that's that's only fair. But <laughs> but I'm not springing this on on our guests. They they know this might be coming. Um, mine, my best bite was a was greens gratin, and I've come late, like a lot of people do, to liking greens at all. Um, and these are kind of, I think, these are grown-up greens for uh, people that don't love greens. But it was just Elmwood Stock Farm, um, beautiful organic collards and kale and chard that were just blanched a little bit and then drizzled with some cream. There's the secret. Um, Some shallots from our garden last year that we still have. Uh, Some Parmesan cheese, just a tiny little bit, and some crumbs and put in the oven for a little while. They got kind of crunchy on top and sweet all the way through. So that was my best bite. Yum. I want to hear what Chewbacca's best bite was. I want to tell a little story Mm. about mine. Mm. <laughs> I guess uh, mine kind of like a little bit long. So on Saturday, we took a trip to uh, Western Kentucky, around, yes, around Western Kentucky, and mm. we bought a whole goat, me and my brother, and he actually killed it. Ooh. Yes. So we got Ooh. home, and he made some goat meat, which oh. was really delicious. How did he cook it? Well, um, he kind of like boils it. Uh-huh. After boiling it, he's like, uh, he deep fries it. Oh. Yeah, so it's it's the best out there. So he made he made that. After that, he made something that we call sombe, which is like cassava leaves. Uh-huh. And while he was cooking it, I told him, if you don't get it as right as my dad, I'm not gonna eat it. So <laughs> you better make sure it's right. And he ended up making it so good that. Mm. Is he older than you or younger? Yes, he's older than me. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. 
Could you do it? Could you? you well, yes, I could do it like that. I'm, I'm kind of like the guy who cook, cook, like cleans the house, do, do most of the cooking. <laughs> You're the sous chef, yeah. <laughs> yes, so but I could make it close to how they do it. I would uh-huh. probably use my own recipe, but I kind of like just love my dad's recipe. So I was like, just get it close to that, <laughs> and he did fantastic. So. And where where does one get cassava leaves? Well, we buy them at like African markets. Oh, yes. African markets here in Lexington. Yes, we do have few African markets, like around three or four in Lexington. So, could you just tell us where one or two of them are? Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, one of them it's around Woodhill area, the Woodhill shopping center. Yes, and another one it's around um, Goodwill. This behind Goodwill, there's like a. Sh- the Goodwill on Leestown Road? Yes, on Leestown Road. Uh-huh. There's one more there, and then there's also another one on... Is it South Broadway? On South Broadway. These I did not know about yes. these. I'm very yes. excited. <laughs> we'll try to look up the names and addresses of these and put them on the Hot Water Cornbread Facebook page, mm-hmm. which we invite all of our listeners, of course, to check out all the time. We put things from the show and leading up to the next show there. So, well, that's kind of extraordinary. I'm not going to be able to touch that. (laughs) I'm going to try. Fortunately, you don't have to compete. It does include local meats. So I've been doing a lot of work in Danville, Kentucky, uh, working specifically with uh, Grace Cafe. Um, I don't know if anyone has been there yet, but it's absolutely amazing. It's a nonprofit cafe where you pay what you can. Um, so they're addressing rural food security issues in the Danville area. So I've been working with them a lot and came back, driving back, and decided to stop in at Marksbury Food Market um, for a little camping trip that I took this weekend. Uh, grabbed some ground lamb, and uh, what I did with the lamb was sauteed it with... Uh, fresh onions and garlic mm. and some uh, hot serrano peppers and then uh, placed it on top of some crunchy naan bread with some uh, garlic mm. and topped it with a little bit of cilantro. Mm. Ah, the layers of the bite. We, we are expecting our listeners to be kind of hungry by now. <laughs> I'm getting hungry too. <laughs> they all, it all sounds so good. So let's just mention, let's go back up one half a step to... Sure. Um, to, to Grace Cafe and yeah. Marksbury, and be sure we say, so Grace Cafe, is it open all the time, Heather? Uh, Grace Cafe is open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I believe, and they're open from lunch and for dinner. Okay, we'll, we'll put their address on, uh, yes. on the Hot Water Cornbread Facebook page. Marksbury Farm is um, on, it's on the Danville Road when you turn off, uh, for, yeah. when you're going from Lexington, that, that's yeah. you know, the Lexington-centric view. <laughs> right, right. So it was on your way back. Yeah, you could stop in and get like a pound of uh, ground pork also. I think I did that also. I, I was making some uh, food for a neighbor and stopped in, grabbed some par- barbecue pork on my way out. So Marksbury Farm is about a maybe five or six-year-old company that... Mm-hmm. Um, concentrates on grass-fed animals and processes mm-hmm. them and then sells them. And they have both their own store, which is where Heather went, and then they distribute through other stores and sell to restaurants. Am yep. I getting Does that <coughs> yep. sound about right? Yeah, absolutely right. Um, but Kentucky-grown, mm-hmm. Kentucky-grown meats. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's go to where Heather has been here recently. Mm-hmm. Um, as a former full-time community food organizer who then has been in going to school and 
finished all of your classwork, I think, and you're studying and now working on your final paper. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us just a little bit about the focus of that? Because I think that's yeah, gonna be, it's going to help us get yeah, to where we want to go. Yeah, absolutely. So working as an organizer, I got to meet a woman named Karen Moskowitz, who is uh, the executive director of New Roots Incorporated, which started, which is a nonprofit that started in Louisville. And um, one of the primary things that that organization does is something called Fresh Stop Markets. And uh, that's how I got to meet Chewbacca. And um, I'm getting to meet so many wonderful people in Kentucky, both farmers and my neighbors. Um, but just sort of what we call it is getting caught in the vortex. Mm. <laughs> so whatever you... Never, never mind these titles like Fresh Stop and New Roots. You call it get, getting caught in the vortex. You're, that- in a, you're in a vortex whenever you first learn about Fresh Stops. And whenever you get more and more into the organization, you all of a sudden find yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> so what are the, what are the um, anchor points that are Absolutely. good for people to know starting out? And, and, and Chewbacca, you add to this too because you have come... You've been... Yeah. You you have a, a very good perspective on how people learn about Fresh Stop, so please add. Yes, please. Um, what I'll do is I'll just add, I'll just provide like a little bit of a framework on um, what are some of the, the bones of Fresh Stops. Um, the Fresh Stop markets were organized as a response to the sort of uh, ineffectiveness of farmers markets in West Louisville. Uh, What ended up happening um, whenever some of these markets were first organized in West Louisville is um, the farmers were getting ready, you know, spending hours and hours to come trudge to West Louisville and not making very much money. And then the residents weren't really able to fully afford the product. It was really just this transactional relationship that um, was not, you know, everyone was leaving empty handed at the end of the day. Mm. And uh, Fresh Stops were organized as a community, as a community organizing project. So let's organize our neighbors together who may have limited monetary means, but have lots of, um, you know, bountiful resources. Uh, Otherwise, uh, pool our resources together and buy from the farmers at a a large quantity so that it's, uh, so that they get a guaranteed market price. So in this way, it's almost like a very old fashioned cooperative buying it's exa- club. Yes, that's exactly Those used to concentrate is. on things you could order through the mail that were stable, like grains. This is totally different because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's about dealing with farmers and the fresh food they're growing. Right, exactly. Oh. So this gives um, neighbors an opportunity to build this more transformational relationship with their farmer. Um, it's not just about going, handing over a dollar, getting something in return. It's about really getting to know that you are supporting the rural communities where the farmers are and that those rural communities are supporting um, families that need this food the most and deserve this food the most. So you've distinguished words that we don't hear. You've used two words that we don't hear very much when we talk about food in, in my part of the world, yeah. transactional and transformational. Right. Um, and transactional is, is <clears throat> a, sort of a business. Just a business Right, solution. right. Just more like going to the market, handing over, um, you know, handing over some money, getting something in return. Uh, transformational meaning that it's not just a um, mo- it's not just a dollar bill or several dollar bills that you're handing over. You're handing over. You're sh- exchanging knowledge, mm-hmm. um, building knowledges together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big part of what Fresh Stops are doing. Well, so b- while we're on this little part, sure. this big part, what what is it that the farmers, mm-hmm. the rural 
piece of the equation gets from the urban people? What so one of the biggest things that farmers need um, that they're not getting from farmers markets is a guaranteed market, mm -hmm. um, knowing that they're going to, if they make the delivery to Fresh Stop on Wednesday, they are guaranteed making, you know, if we if we have 40 to 50 shareholders, they know that they're making, you know, $500 on selling us a few <clears throat> items. Like they, they absolutely know that. And we also, as soon as the farmers come to deliver, we pay right then and there. Hmm. We do not, <laughs> a lot of wholesale, they, they kind of see us as wholesale buyers. Um, and a lot of wholesale buyers will wait, you know, weeks, months. I, when I interviewed a couple, a couple of farmers, they told me they had to wait six months mm, mm. before someone paid them for the produce that they delivered. And that's just unacceptable. Well, you'll be glad to know that you're um, doing exactly what Aretha Franklin does. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm just reading a story. This is the, in the latest New Yorker. just came to the house today, and there's a story about Aretha Franklin. And she's... She, doing some performing as we know many of us saw her right. exquisite performance right. um, when she made the president cry mm -hmm. um, and she this this reporter who's following her around says when she's she's playing in this in this um, concert and she has a stack of hundred dollar bills on the right side of the piano and says she is old school about this because so many African-American performers have been ripped mm -hmm. off in so many ways mm -hmm. Even who she is, the not only the queen of soul, but sort of the queen of music. She doesn't trust people. And so she wants the money in mm -hmm. cash mm -hmm. up front. And it either stays with her or it stays in a, a handbag that's visible in, on stage. Yeah. Or it goes into a, there's a, one other option, you know, for keeping it secure. So yeah, I was absolutely. like, wow. So here we are. These farmers get this. They get their money right then and there yeah. for, the, for the food. I mean, it's it's fantastic. One of the things that I'm really focusing in on my research is kind of um, debunking the food desert mm. analogy. I think that it's kind of something that we need to do away with. And one of the reasons why I'm advocating for that is that there's all these wonderful people underneath those dusty mm -hmm. old maps mm -hmm. <laughs> that we see as like these dark red disadvantaged communities mm -hmm. uh, narratives. And we have people who've been fighting... Um, you know, structural racism, disinvestment in their community for decades. And um, they they know exactly how hmm. to, um, you know, pull their resources together and make this stuff happen. They know exactly what changes need to be happening in their community. And they, you know, they deserve to be asked and they deserve to be recognized. And connected, which gives them all more power, which is partly what you do. Partly yes. what organizers do. Yeah. yeah. Let's take... Uh, if I was to oh, add on to yeah. that... Um, I guess the meeting we had in November, we had one of the few farmers coming out there. Mm -hmm. He was so excited about just getting to know people who is serving the food too. We got like mm. to interrupt with him. And he was so much energy in him. Like the love he puts into his farm, the love he was sharing with us and how excited he is. And he's just like a new world opened up. Like if you see somebody who's like growing your food and like telling you how you do it and like how he does it and like days you spend out there. So it's, it's fabulous. So I think the farmers also gain the social part of people who appreciate their work. And mm. that's something I don't think some of the companies give them. That's something the Fresh Stops is offering them. So it's like appreciation, not just a phone call, not just an email, not right. just a text message, but it's physical. It's like building a community that we are losing nowadays. That's part of the transformation right there, isn't it? Because yeah, I know that even highly successful by farmers market standards, farmers experience every single time they go to sell 
their products, they experience some disdain, some mm-hmm. complaining about price, some distancing instead of some connecting. Yeah. Um, and this sounds like just just the opposite. Yeah. You know, um, I was I've been reading a book about moss by a woman named Robin Wall Kimmerer for a long series of reasons, none of which matter right now. But she has a word. Um, she ha- she she is of Potawatomi citizen Potawatomi nation mm-hmm. and and um, European descent, and she has a word that she uses a lot called reciprocity to talk mm-hmm. about what goes beyond sustainability, what goes beyond mm-hmm. um, organic, what goes mm-hmm. beyond the thing the ter- the words that we like to, and we go all the way to this experience of reciprocity where the plants teach us <coughs> and we listen and learn and we give back by behaving well to plants and this this transformational um term kind Mm -hmm. of strikes me as reciprocity i I love the idea of this farmer just getting so energized and recharged let's take a little break um and we'll, we'll be back with our guest Heather Hyden and Chewbacca, and I will not pronounce his last name, but I can only tell you I'm so glad you're here. Um, (laughs) And we'll we'll be back here on Lexington Community Radio. You are listening to WLXL 95.7 Lexington Community Radio. Eat some vegetables. 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 Rona Roberts, your host today on Hot Water Cornbread, Kentucky Food Radio at Lexington Community Radio. Um, I'm here being um, cheered and and amazed by, first of all, the engineer who's running our show, Alexis Meza, who works for Lexington Community Radio. Um, 
and then wonderful guests, Chewbacca and Heather. We, we are going to, um, we're going to hear a little bit now about how these fresh stops are organized, I mean, what their structures are, and then how people access them uh, from, from Heather and then from Chewbacca. Yeah, thank you so much. I wanted to um, quickly mention the name of the farmer who Chewbacca was uh, referencing before he uh, took a little break. Uh, the farm is Baloo Farms, and they're located in uh, Richmond, Kentucky. Um, they're a multi-generational uh, African-American farm, um, and uh, they're getting ready for the spring season right now. Um, I asked Lonzo to be here with us today. He couldn't be here, but um, they grow some amazing kale, Oh my gosh! So. Oh, I can I, I feel another better best bite. <laughs> just amazing, so. amazing kale. So, uh, but also just wonderful food, and um, so excited that they're partnering with us to provide fresh food for fresh shops. Um, well, do do they have a web presence, and would they like I, to? We don't know. Okay, if I, they do, we'll find it and we'll yeah. share it because they might be selling near Richmond. Mm -hmm. where people might like to buy mm -hmm. some wonderful things. <laughs> yeah, I think they sell at the Richmond Farmer's Market. Okay, and is this the farmer? Chewbacca? Yes, this is the farmer. I think they sell, at, they have like a store somewhere they supply here in Lexington, Kale. Yeah, you're right, store. you're right. I wish that I knew the exact store, yeah. but I don't know the a name A store, right you think, in Richmond? No, here in oh, Lexington. Here, here, here. Yeah, down oh, here in yeah, Lexington. Yeah. So. Okay, well, maybe we can find out more about that, and we can always share more information as we learn it. Yeah. This is the time of year when people get their thoughts organized about how much they're going to plant. And we, here on, here on Hot Water Cornbread, we're always encouraging people to plant at least one vegetable, plant one herb, be a grower. Even if you're only growing one pot of basil, you'll be amazed at how differently you'll feel toward that basil in your food. And it's just pretty darn easy to grow a great many uh, parts of your food in Lexington and around even if you don't have land you use pots or other things so we, we're encouraging that encouraging growing our own food and then um, we're also encouraging supporting the people who grow food for us and there are many different ways to do that the at farmers markets of course and through um, dedicated subscriptions to what a farm produces the community supported agriculture so the fresh tops are really a um, a, beauti a beautiful reinvention of CSAs, in my opinion. And now is a good time to know about and learn about and think about um, supporting a fresh stop. So, Heather. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I have to say um, thank you to the UK Food Connection mm -hmm. um, because they provided us with some seed money to start the first fresh stop in Lexington last year at the in the Castlewood neighborhood. So I wanted to say thank you to um, to Lily mm -hmm. um, for helping support us um, for Lily Brislin and the UK Food Connection. Um, and my department for really supporting me through this um, through this project. Uh, but I also, I mean, the the philosophical and the sort of the main people really putting this together as far as organizations are New Roots Incorporated, and then we've partnered um, with Tweens Coalition here in Lexington to make this possible. Um, but so last year we had so much success with the Castlewood Fresh Stop. So many people were interested in it that we had folks saying, well, we want these in our neighborhood. Um, we made great partnerships with uh, Councilman James Brown and Senator Reggie Thomas, and uh, they helped us uh, connect up with other neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, so this year, 
We are going to have a fresh stop in the East End neighborhood, and we're going to have a fresh stop thanks to Chewbacca and all of his organizing efforts. We're going to have one in Winburn neighborhood. Um, and we're just working out. So we're really, really, really crazy busy right now. Um, one, uh, gathering produce lists from farmers, making connections with them, trying to find out. And I'm working with Bluegrass Farm to Table. Uh, Grace Carson is helping us uh, try to figure out the logistics around um, what our uh, farm sort of produce schedule is going to look like this year. Um, and the way that we do that is we ask the neighbors what kind of foods they would like to see and then um, we sort of compare that to the produce list that we're getting from farmers and try to sync those up as much as possible. We do like to give people things that they may have never tried before um, but I don't think that kohlrabi is going to make it. <laughs> it's such a pesky vegetable. I, I, I feel I have so much angst about kohlrabi but we won't go into that. Um, but what, but what um, <laughs> So right now we're sort of organizing um, the uh, sort of mass uh, shareholders, the mass of shareholders that we're going to need, uh, 40 to 50, you know, 40 shareholders at least at each stop to uh, make it possible for the farmers to get a large order and uh, also doing the farmer logistics uh produce logistics. So there's some internal math to this. Do you need it's fresh stop math? Fresh stop math. All right. You need 40 shareholders at 40 least shareholders and you and could have as many as We I mean we we'll take a thousand maybe. A thousand. <laughs> Chewbacca says a thousand. I think that sounds wonderful. Um, <laughs> we are uh, we, we will take as many people as many folks as we want. The sort of part of the magic of fresh stops the way that it works is that um, you know, I mentioned that we we're pulling our resources together. What we're doing is um, making these shares each week, or every two weeks, you are available to buy a share. And um, we're making those uh, available for a sliding scale based on your income. So um, there are $25 shares, and then there are $12 shares. And um, you don't have to qualify for food stamps. We do accept EBT. Um, you can pay with your EBT. Uh, card, um, but you know, as long as um, you tell us that you're having trouble financially, we will definitely allow you to buy the share for twelve dollars. So let's 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 play a little game. Sure. Let's have let's have Chewbacca uh, recruit me. <laughs> I'm I'm interested in really good food, and I live in the East End. Mm -hmm. um, no, I live in your neighborhood. Well, oh, you I live in Winburns because that's who you're working with. So how do you what what do you tell me? Uh, to help me understand what my costs and benefits would be. Well, um, I guess I've personally, I've been doing this for my brother and we've been focusing most on my uh, Congolese who are like refugees uh -huh. or African, uh -huh. African uh -huh. uh, community, which uh -huh. has just moved into that place. But if I was approaching you, I would bring you a list of fresh products and uh, I would tell you about everything she ever told you if you're interested in fresh food uh -huh. on how you get your food and you, if I, after you've explained me how you get your food and how much it costs, so I'll tell you how um, how the fresh stops works, and I'll tell you the cost of it, how cheap is it, and do I have to pay everything up front? No, you don't pay everything up front. Well, the fee uh, for the beginners' fee starts at the end of March. Which one we're gonna collect the first money for everybody else and uh, to get everything ready, but uh -huh. you don't have to pay anything up front. Uh -huh. So that's how it works out. Do I pay for a whole summer? 
at once? No, you don't really pay for the whole sum at once. It's not a contract that if you don't pay, you get punished for it. Oh. So you pay, uh, you pay, you could pay this week, you could not pay next week. So I you see, pay. so I can come in and out. Yeah, if you I'm come away in and for out. a week to see my grandchild, then yeah, I don't, you, I don't, that week I don't. Yeah, pay. you don't buy anything. Uh-huh. So you just come in as you can. And if you forgot to buy, there's always extra shares we are making in with our budget to make sure we have extra shares. If you forgot to pay and just walk in and you want food. And would it be appropriate for me to ask how you would change what you just said if you were speaking with a person who's come here from Congo? Yes. Well, uh, since I know them and we shop to the same markets and fresh food is actually really hard to get, like mostly vegetables are really hard to get that we really want. Mm -hmm. We normally get them from a Chinese market around St. Jude Mm -hmm. and it only comes in once a week. And by 10 o'clock in the morning, everything will be gone. Mm. So they definitely struggle to get the fresh product they need. Mm. So I'll just tell them, I don't think you have to fight or you have to wake up early in the morning to go get the <laughs> food you need. Uh-huh. We're going to bring it right to you. Oh. So it's right here and it's way cheap and you don't have to drive anywhere. Where where will it be? Do you know yet? Well, ah, that's a good thing. On April fifteenth, uh, that's when we have our next meeting when we're gonna decide the location of the place. Uh-huh. Yes. So, oh, that's yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. So I'm really excited to get oh, the location. Where is that meeting gonna be? Well, the meeting is gonna be at uh, community council, community at action council. community action council in Wimba neighborhood. So that's where it's gonna be. Uh, On April fifteenth, what time? Uh, it's gonna be from six to seven thirty. Six to seven thirty, April fifteenth at Community Action Council. This is a meeting to learn about and and fire up the the interest in the in the fresh stop at Winburg, the Winburg mm-hmm. Fresh Stop. Well now so let's say I'm a grower. Mm-hmm. I'm a grower and I have been having these frustrating experiences in markets and I somehow find out about you all or you find out about me. How do you approach me? Who yeah. and who approaches me? Right. Um, So this works kind of both ways. So um, we find out about farmers either from our uh, direct farmer network. Um, You know, Jeremy Porter farmed for a little while, farmed for about three years. So he has really great farmer connections. Um, Jeremy, who works with tweens now. Right, right. Jeremy uh, Porter. Mm -hmm. Um, So he has great farmer connections. And I'd like to say that I have good farmer connections because I've worked worked really hard to get them. Because you work for community. Because I worked for Community Farm Alliance for three years. And um, so what we do is we tap into those farmer connections that we already have and find out, you know, if they're interested in this project. Uh, From there, we try to get produce lists uh, with pricing. And uh, then we try to sync those up, like I said before, with uh, what folks are looking for for the season and um, what's going to be the most affordable. So since we have about $17, $18 per share to work with, because we're trying to make sure that most of our shares are $12 shares, about 75% of them we want to be $12 We're shares. talking about per week, per, per pickup, which, yes, is, per pickup. which is every so, other week. So we just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we can't, I mean, we can't have raspberries all right, the time right, because right, right. the raspberries are quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to add in some treats every once in a while, mm-hmm. um, like like raspberries, but so we do it. We do it that way by tapping into our own sort of farmer social network. Mm-hmm. You but tell the, me, Mister Miss Farmer, that there's an average of what did you say, seventeen to eighteen dollars right. per every two weeks from right. each of your mm-hmm. um, 
shareholders. Which right, is, exactly. And you've, you've figured in that I'm going to be gone some of the time, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it would be great to have not not a thousand, maybe, but more than 40 shareholders. <laughs> right, exactly. It, the more shareholders that we can get, the better. I know that in Louisville last year, they had a stop in the Smoketown neighborhood that had about 80 to 90 shareholders each each week. Did which that was, work? Yeah, yeah, that was mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to buy from folks who are uh, the kind of sweet spot that we're looking for are small growers who could maybe uh, supply us with like broccoli mm. or um, just cabbage or just beets. So you, you have then across the growing season mm-hmm. relationships with a significant number of growers. Yeah, I think uh-huh. we had about 12 different growers in our network last year just for, for, for the, the Castlewood Castle network. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I did all the farmer, I did a lot of farmer interviews for my thesis. And uh, from what I understand, there are about 50 across the state um, who are plugged into the Fresh Stop network. Mm-hmm. And there's even a farmer who started their own Fresh Stop in oh, the Brandenburg community uh-huh. in uh, Meade County. Uh-huh. They were so inspired by working with Fresh Stops that um, the uh, Bar family farms mm-hmm. um, in Meade County decided that they wanted to start a Fresh Stop in their community. So that's like the extra special, like what that we is, definitely want. <laughs> They're vi- those are visionaries there too. Right, exactly. So are there star... I'm going to ask this question and then we'll take another break. Sure. Um, but are there star producers out there that you would like, whose names you would like to share so that people know who some of the pioneers have been um, yeah. and, uh, among the growers? Yeah, one of our big partners this year is going to be Rootbound Farms, and they're located in uh, Prospect, well, yeah, in Oldham County. Um, and they are coming in, uh, you know, Ben Abel, you know, is from here, and right. um, they... Uh, they moved to Louisville like two or three years ago and are now going to be doing a Lexington stop for their CSA program. So they'll be delivering for fresh stops also. Um, so they're going to have a standard CSA deliver- mm-hmm. with delivery available in Lexington and other places. Yes. And while they're coming here to bring their CSA um, mm-hmm. boxes or whatever to their Lexington customers, they're bringing fresh stop food that's going to go to... To, to the two, to both of the fresh stops? Yeah, to mm-hmm. the three. The three. Well, we're, we're probably going to link up like a major producer that's doing, um, you know, three to five items specifically mm-hmm. for one uh, stop. Uh, so we'll okay. kind of like link a bigger producer mm-hmm. with um, one stop to be kind of like their go-to major producer, if that makes any sense. That sounds a little bit like kind of winning the producer lottery, maybe. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to get to know that you have a good... Um, that you have a good market and mm-hmm. that you're going to get some love. Yeah. You know, you're going to get some appreciation from people. And maybe maybe even you're going to bring food, fresh food, to people who've had real trouble getting it before. Yeah, one of the things that um, I heard one farmer uh, say from uh, the interviews that I did was that, you know, we asked this question, why do you like selling to Fresh Stops? What is the benefit for you as a farmer? And one of the things that they said was, this is helping build food justice into our business plan. Oh, ah, food justice. Well, that's a word we can talk about in a minute. Um, But I also, and so that'll be our like um, big way that we can finish. But when we come back, I'd really like to talk about what happens at a Fresh Stop pickup. Oh, absolutely. What it, like to have you both paint a picture so that yeah. we can Sweet. we can know, know, know more about that. Absolutely. We're going to be right back. We're here with hot water cornbread. We have really good people taking a short break, and then we'll be 
back at, with Lexi at, on Lexington Community Radio. vegetables actually and and I don't think there's anyone in the whole world who disagrees with that uh, <laughs> as a as a way to a better life and here uh, I'm Rona Roberts your host with hot water cornbread um, Kentucky food radio on Lexington community radio we have two of the people with us today who make it possible for many many more people to have fresh food uh, and good food and to eat more vegetables than would otherwise be possible without fresh tops. So I, one of the questions that I have, I, I know that in the, Heather was saying during the break that it's so sad when the fresh top season is over and there's no more. Um, and also I'm aware that in the middle of the season when there's, I think anyone who deals with fresh food gets can get overwhelmed around like August 15. <laughs> um, and every surface is covered with something and you're, you're trying to can or freeze. Um, that, that it's, there's a lot of management that has to go into a fresh top to get that organized and the, so forth. And I have this notion, although I've never been to a pickup, but I'd like to know what happens on the day people actually come and get vegetables? What has to happen and how does it happen? Yeah. So all of this starts with um, a core group of leaders who are um, organized into teams uh, to take care of a certain aspect of making sure that the day goes absolutely amazing. Um, so we have an outreach team, and that's what Chewbacca does. Yeah, I do the outreach team. I go out to the neighborhoods, I knock doors to doors, pass out flyers, uh, make sure everybody gets the information they need, and just make sure everybody is well informed and when the day comes, they show up. 
Right, exactly. And were you part of the of the Castlewood Fresh Stop last night? No, it's not part of the Castle neighborhood. This is my first fresh stop. Oh, it's just amazing. He's amazing. just so can, amazing. I know, you He's can envision this and you know all about it. You haven't seen it yet, so <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for what you're doing. Yeah, I've been going to a few meetings in Louisville, so I'm kind of like getting the feeling of it. It's just like a burning inside of me. It's just like, oh, can't wait to stay. Oh, good. <laughs> Well, good. Maybe take some of that burn and, you know, grill some vegetables. Yeah, so we have the outreach team. We have a day of team. Uh, They're the folks who are making sure that whenever the farmers make the deliveries, we're counting, making sure that everything is there, um, making sure that everyone receives what Amber Burns, the assistant director, calls receiving the hug. So whenever you get to Fresh Stop, you are welcomed and um, that you feel like you are a part of this community and um, that we all are caring for each other um so receiving the hug with outreach with the day of team and also just making sure i mean there is a lot of logistics to bringing in food counting it making sure that it's displayed beautifully and And are volunteers handling most of that yes absolutely it's all volunteer led Mm -hmm. um and we need volunteers for the day of teams so if there's anyone out there in radio world who (laughs) wants to help volunteer we need your help and how would they find you heather and we'll we'll follow up Yes. Yeah, you can. Um, you can send me. I'll send you my. I'll put my email information on the website and everything. Um, okay. but you can contact me at uh, hlhyden1 at gmail dot com. Um, we'd love to. We'd love to partner up with folks, and uh, we look for long term committed volunteers. We don't just want people to come in and out. And if you're a day of volunteer, which mm-hmm. we that's where we were when I just derailed us here yeah. for a minute. Um, if you're a day of volunteer, do you is, is your volunteering limited to that day or do you have a lot of other planning and so forth? It's mostly just that day. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to make sure um, that other things are covered by the other team members. So we have a finance team that makes sure that the farmers are getting paid um, and make sure that we uh, have the money, you know, mm-hmm. the funds all together and organized so that we can pay the, mm-hmm. pay them, um, make sure that our checks are written, things like that, keeping up with our budget. Uh, we also have um, a newsletter team that tries to help us share recipes. Um, we have a chef liaison team, which I'm hoping to get some work some help from Weta Michael uh-huh. this year on uh, because we need chefs to volunteer at these fresh stops each week. Uh, each stop we need um, we need a chef to come and do a demonstration of what you can do with the, sure. what is in your uh, share for well, the week. Well, like kohlrabi. Well, anyone who wants to to come um, and wants to work with uh, the ingredients that we have available in the box, we work with you to get you the ingredients that you need and uh, make sure that your you know food demo goes well. Oh, um, but we would love that. to organize like a cook-off event fundraiser with all of the wonderful chefs in Lexington and just get people. Um, ignited around this work like they have in Louisville. In Louisville, they have a big chef event coming up where they're going to have like a a cook-off and the theme will be beets. And so everything will be beets. B-E-E-T-S. Yeah, beets. <laughs> there might be some B-E-A-T-S going yeah. on too. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so we have a chef liaison team and then we have um, the farmer liaisons and those are the folks who are um, helping uh, make sure that the farmers are making the deliveries, uh, making sure that they have uh, all that we have all the items that we need um, for the share. We have about ten to twelve different items, um, and I think so. That's about it. So Chewbacca, when you are recruiting people, 
Are you recruiting volunteers as well as um, people to be part, people who will actually buy a share? Well, I'm rec- I'm focusing on recruiting people who buy the share. Okay. I'm focusing on getting the word of the fresh food, uh, fresh food markets out out in the community. After we've done that, I, I believe myself will be able to get volunteers really quick and mm-hmm. easy. I'm just aware that you're you're going to have uh, you're going to have a finance committee. You're going to mm-hmm. have a farmer liaison committee. These are committees that are going to be run by people who have not done this before. I mean, when you say we, ha- Heather is saying we have, we have, but it's in these, for these new fresh stops, it's, these are going to be new job roles for new volunteers. And we're going to be having trainings for them. Uh, in April, we're going to be having a series of trainings to help get folks um, acclimated to how the system works. Thank goodness we have mentorship from New Roots. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my professors, Dr. Rosalind Harris, is going to be helping us with courageous communication. Mm. So helping us uh, manage um, how we communicate and participate with one in, one another and uh, build these strong leadership-bound relationships. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, everyone's beautiful. getting, you're not just volunteering, you're learning these these skills and you're getting to share your talents. One of the big things about Fresh Stops is learning what people's strengths are and helping them uh, build, you know, express those strengths. Well, as always happens here on Hot Water Cornbread, Kentucky Food Radio, we are getting close to the end before I want us to be. <laughs> it goes too fast. Um, I want to, I have one more uh, question for for Heather. And uh, b- But before I ask it, I want to say, I'm going to come back to you, Chewbacca, also for the details on that April 15 meeting. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of upcoming food events that are not related to Fresh Stop. And I'm going to do that quickly and then come back, start, get more Fresh Stop dates if we have them, mm-hmm. uh, and then finish with a, a sort of kind of on a more theoretical level. Oh, okay, sure. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so on April 7, the food systems, um, Heather already mentioned the Food Connection at UK, the Food Systems Symposium is happening. And it has a theme. There's only a part of it that's public and costs nothing. That's 3.30 to 6.30 at the ES Good Barn on April 7. The theme is building a campus-wide multi-stakeholder initiative program on sustainability and food system studies, learning from our leaders in the field. And they're bringing three people, one from Emory, one from the University of New Hampshire, and one from um, the University of Vermont, to, um, to help bring that news to us and help us focus more on um, what we could be doing at the university in the world of sustainability and food, and we know that there's a lot to do. Um, this Saturday, a signature food event, food and, and green event happens in Somerset at the Rural Development Center. It's the Kentucky Green Living Fair. Heather's giving a silent cheer. You can, you can give a loud one if you want to. Yay! Go Jamie Armini! The, the amazing <laughs> Jamie Armini um, who, if ever there were proof that one person can change the world, she's in a tiny little package. It's Jamie Aramini. Um, Jamie has, this will be the third of the Kentucky Green Living Fairs, I believe. And it's from 10 to 6 in Somerset. There will be thousands of people and hundreds of incredibly interesting and cool vendors and workshops. So that would be a good place to be. Um, we usually have a food safety tip. Chef Wheat is not here to provide it. I am going to say that I have a food safety practice that I use in my home kitchen 
daily many, many times, and it's called wash your hands. <laughs> um, and washing hands between handling, especially if you uh, handle any kind of meats and um, and vegetables and fruits other and grains, um, it's just a really great thing to wash hands in between all of those things that you're handling. So that helps with food safety. So the last thing I wanted... I don't, I'm not sure how this is going to work exactly, but Heather is uh, both a practical um, genius at making things happen that make a difference in individual lives and also a theoretical, she's this big theoretical uh, brain that connects ideas and um, people and change. <laughs> and so some of the things that she works on, I, I read them in the beginning, I kind of read them in awe, reproductive justice, food justice, and working on the climate. Heather, um, if are there things that you would like to tell us about, especially I think food justice, since we've been in that, in that um, arena the most, um, that are, that have their roots, <laughs> their roots yeah. in fresh stuffs? Well, what I, the way that I like to talk about this is the what are the roots of food insecurity? Mm. And um, so there's all of these different issues that really food is a vehicle for us to think mm. about other structural injustices. So affordable housing is something that I've been really passionate about for a long time. And I've uh, recently been connected to the Kentucky Workers League here in Lexington who are doing some tenants' rights organizing right now. Mm and um, in the East End neighborhood, and that's really exciting. Um, because whenever we say, well, people just need to learn how to cook, we're immediately forgetting that people live in conditions in this city where they don't have access to a refrigerator that's working, to a stove that's working. Right. They don't have uh, air conditioning, heating. Right. They may not have a pot or a pan. Right. <laughs> I've met, right. I've I mean, interviewed and, people and, who have no, nothing to do Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this, this um, issue is, I mean, so affordable housing, so access to um, housing that is a basic human right. Right. Um, is very much connected to an issue of being able to feed your family um, fresh, healthy foods. See, I, I just said, that's what you know how to do. You know how to bring the theory <laughs> to the ground and, and, and show us what the roots are. Yeah, I mean, I grew, when I grew up, I, didn't, I don't think we ever had a cutting board in my house. Hmm. So I, I didn't know how to mm -hmm. do any of that stuff mm -hmm. until I you know, grew up and people showed me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I just put things from a can into a thing, <laughs> you know, and, and cooked it, made a casserole. I think I made casserole. Well, we've, we've kind of made a casserole of this radio show, <laughs> and I want the topping to be a reminder of the fresh stop dates. Yes, um, so let's start with, with the ones we know. Uh, on Wimba, we have on April um, 15th. April 15th. Yes. And when is the West End? meeting if you know that. The East End meeting? Yes. I am not 100% sure on the East End meeting right now. But I let's let's do the whole up. thing on April 15 from 6 to 7:30 at the Community Action Center which is on Winburn Road. Winburn Road. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, and that's an organizing meeting. Yes, that's an organizing meeting on choosing the event on where we want to have our fresh stops. Yeah, okay. and if you're just interested in learning more about fresh stops, please come. 
or if you want to meet a neighborhood, if you want to meet the community there. Yeah, you might meet some people. Things mm-hmm. you might change your life. Go to one meeting, change your life. That's what I'm always telling people about meetings. They they're <laughs> sneaky little devils. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you both. Thank you, Chewbacca. Thank you for Mr. 18-year-old wonder. <laughs> I know. Uh, we're so glad to have you working on these issues in our community, on these opportunities. And Heather, thank you so much you. for moving from, from Community Farm Alliance into school and then just like plowing in to this community <laughs> in ways that make it, um, you know, ne- will never be the same. So we thank you both. Um, and I want to thank Ale for... Thank um, you. Making us all, you know, sound as good as we possibly can. And we're just about out. We ready? Yeah. This was... Thank you. Yes. This was wonderful. Thank you. <laughs>